everyone welcome back to sup talk radio today we go back to the roots of what this brand was built on interviewing and talking with the young and upcoming companies that have great products that you the listener and consumer should know about today i'm speaking with matt of soul performance nutrition matt welcome to the show sean uh thanks for having me here i'm excited and Matt, I know this is nothing new to you because I know we talked offline. You've done your some podcasts yourself. Um, I know sometimes you're in the driver's seat, but hopefully you'll be okay with me in the driver's seat tonight. Oh yeah, absolutely. Any anything goes. So whatever you're whatever you're looking to know. So Matt, I always like to start off with you know tell us about yourself. You know, I, I maybe start off as a teenager. Were you an athlete? Were you just the normal guy? Kind of walk me through that genesis. Yeah, you know, I'll we'll start at like high school time frame and. You know, we'll say I was an athlete, but we'll pull that loosely. So I, you know, I, I, I participated in uh, track. So I ran track in high school, but you know, I was never like a, a crazy athlete by any means. I just kind of did it because I had some friends on the team, and it was kind of a camaraderie thing, if anything else, if you know what I mean. So yeah, wasn't over the top, but that's kind of what got me into training because before there was no like exercise the thought of like training for something i had didn't really have a concept of that you you know you went out and you played with your friends you played tag especially when you're younger you know you run around the woods all day or whatever oh yeah then you get into you know structure you get a coach and he's got having you training and actually like kind of starting to think about nutrition and things like that so that's kind of how i guess i got into more structured physical activity and kind of getting into uh, maybe like the training thing and e even the stuff I do now and how that's extended into the future. But that was kind of my, uh, my high school time frame and how I, I maybe where some of my active base came from. What was your, what was your specialty in track and field? I ran the, uh, the mile. Really? Okay. Yep. And what, what was your best time? I don't, you know, somebody asked me that not too long ago. Cause they, I'm, I just got off of a ultra marathon last week. Uh, there was a burning really? river 100. So I was going for a 100 mile, uh, ultra attempt. I made it what 62, 63 miles about before like my one hip flexor basically gave out on me. But that's kind of what I do these days is I, uh, the endurance bug has got me somehow. And I, I, uh, I've been, I kind of do like a weight training on, you know, X amount of days and then I'll go outside and uh, get these long runs in, but that's, that's what I've been up to lately. So are you, are you glutton for punishment ultra marathon? You know, the, the crazy thing about it is, and that one thing I discovered with it when, as I go through these trainings, so I, I live in an area I'm from, I'm from Ohio, but okay. live in an area where it's easy for me to get access to like the trail system, the local system here, where you can kind of be outdoors and stuff like that. And the thing I kind of realized is I stopped running with headphones in, I stopped running, you know, with my cell phone and I, with, you know, I work a full-time job as an engineer, uh, okay. I have a newborn son and with a business, you know, with social media, you, you, you kind of realize you're plugged in 24 seven and like you never yeah. escape it. Even when you want to, like, say I'm in the, in my basement trying to get a quick workout in and you get a message from somebody, it's like, you, you just can't break away from it. So the thing I, uh, I, I really discovered that I liked is during these runs, you know, I'm outside, I'm running the trails. But I, you can't like run and look at your phone simultaneously. You just, sure. you, just, you just can't do it, especially when you're running through trails. You don't want to trip over some twigs or rocks or whatever. But 
I just found like my mind kind of like opened, like there's, there's nobody talking to me. I'm not on my yeah. phone. And it was just a way that I can almost, you know, you know, and again, like, I think people get confused with like, they'll hear, man, th- that dude just ran 20 miles today. What is he thinking? How is he even doing that? You know, I'm not, I, I think people get confused with like a one mile sprint and like a 20 mile, like jog. Like yep. that's like how, how I like to describe it. So I'm not like when I get home, I'm not like obliterated. Like I can't even move the next day. It's more of like, Hey, I need to recover from this so I can go out and train yep. again the next day. So it's more of almost like a, I don't want to say a therapy, but a way to kind of break, break away from the day to day and really get in your mind and think about some, you know, creativity stuff that you just wouldn't think of normally. And I, I found a lot of like kind of solace in that. So that's what I liked about it. And the kind of the runs are again, I guess maybe that's going back to structure. So if I put something on the calendar, so I had this thing that I knew I was training for this year. Yep. It's kind of like accepting the inevitable. It's like, all right, this thing's coming up. Uh, either it goes horribly or I have to build a training plan and get to this thing. So it's, I've got something out there. I have to, again, accepting the inevitable it's coming whether I want to or not. So I have to train for it. I got to set up a plan to, you know, hopefully I finish this or, or whatnot, but, uh, that's, uh, I think that's why I like it. Is ultra marathon 52 miles or what's the actual length on that? I think it's technically anything over a marathon is an ultra marathon. So 27 miles would technically be an ultra marathon. So then it just goes on to whatever from there, however, however far you want to go, you, you can probably find a race out there. So now let, okay. So how do you train for that meaning because i have a friend that runs marathons and she goes she had heard and she subscribes to that if you can run 19 18 or 19 miles comfortably that that extra eight miles six or eight miles really makes no difference so it's like if you train going 18 miles that extra makes it so i don't know if you had in your mind if i can do you know 20 miles x amount i can definitely go the distance that makes sense yeah you definitely don't at least that i i would agree with that i when i trained i don't go to um you know, I'm not doing like a hundred mile day. That's just, it's yeah. almost insane. I'm sure there's some people out there that do it, but really I started out in, let's say like May, May timeframe, uh, I'd run six miles that week. So that yep. whole week, six miles total. And then okay. maybe the week after maybe six miles again. And then week after that, maybe eight miles. So I'm like, you know, doing little jumps up until about three weeks out before this event, I'm up to 80 miles a week. So wow. those are 20 mile days. Those are 25 mile days down back down to six mile days and just trying to, but it, and it sounds insane. Like when people hear that you, and I want to emphasize, like if everyone ever wants to do something like this, I'm, I'm not like a super athlete. I'm your average guy. Yeah. So it's, it's possible. It, 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 it's, and it's a cool thing to do because you'll get, you get done with it and you're almost like, I can't even believe I'm recovering from this. Yep. And I'm just, you know, I'm not doing anything special. I'm just going through a, a training plan that I kind of set up myself and you get there. Do you know, you might or might not, do you know a gentleman by the name of Spencer Lynn? He works for Koss. He, I talk, I wouldn't say I talk, I know him well, but he's on a forum that we're, I'm kind of in as yep. a part of as well. And I know he's kind of into that as well. So I gotta, I gotta connect with him at some point. Yeah. He's really, cause he, he did one like in March and was expecting it. He did very, very well. He finished it, but he said that night it snowed and dropped like, like oh, wow. single or double degree digits that he couldn't get his shoes untied. And I think he said, I forget what the numbers are. Give And I apologize, Spencer, if you're listening, it was like 30 people started and I don't know, like eight people finished or something oh, ridiculous. Wow. 
So, but I, but I give them all, you know, I give you as well. I mean, obviously anybody that's doing exercise to better themselves, everyone's got their levels. You know, if someone's doing five miles, kudos to them, like yourself doing 25, 30, 40 miles, kudos to you as well. Yeah, I, I would echo the same thing. And I think the, the race day, another thing I want to emphasize there, and you know, there's a lot of stuff you do to prepare for the race day, but kind of like I was saying with, um, uh, you, you know, you're, you're not on your phone or anything like that. When it comes down to race day, you just can't escape the pack that the fact that at some point it's going to hurt. Yes. So 30 miles in 40 miles in, it's, it's going to start hurting. You can, there's something that happens in your brain where, um, this is the experience I've had. Cause I did a similar race to this last year. It was only 50 miles, but still I wasn't prepared. So every time it, that, that pain sets in at some point, but you, that pain sets in. And I think there's things, again, you, you're on your phone, there are all these things, but there's things that maybe you should be dealing with that you've suppressed in your, in your thoughts. Yep. When you're in pain, when you're emotionally broken down and you just want to quit, you just want to walk off the course, those things come up. And I think that's a way for people to deal with them or to, uh, you know, work those things out in your mind or have clarity that you would, you just would normally never get to. Is that a yep. healthy way to do it? I don't know, but I, I found experience where I leave a race and I get home and I just feel so content and so clear, like, okay, sure. here, I, I know what I'm, I'm doing now. And um, I don't know. That's I've, I've found, it just seems insane when you think about it. When I try to explain it to people, they just hear that massive number, but I think there's the experience you can get out of it and the things you can learn from yourself in that process. I'm sure like you just mentioned, like you're, you're going through something now with bodybuilding. I don't have a ton of experience with that, but I know like the diet aspect of that is something I just wouldn't yeah. want to deal with at all. I, I mean, I'm sure people go through like a very similar journey with that, but like you said, anyone that goes down a path to try to better themselves or hit a goal, you're going to learn something about yourself. And, exactly. uh, you know, the, you'll, you'll pick up habits or, um, positive aspects that you can carry with you probably for the rest of your life. So after a race, tell me, do you do anything for external health, whether it's uh, ice baths or cryotherapy, massages? What do you do to keep the outside of the body kind of tip-top shape? The thing that I've found it seems might seem counterintuitive, but if I, I've noticed if I sit, I will cramp up so hard, not cramp up, but be so stiff that like I can barely move. It looks like sure. you know, getting out of the bed. It just takes you five minutes to basically get out of that uncrippled position. But if I kind of like, okay, I'm home, I'm going to go force myself to get something out of the mailbox. I'm going to go force myself to like make physically make something for dinner. And I'm, okay, yep. I'm on my feet, picking something up off the floor. I've kind of can, I'm, you know, it sucks and you hurt, but you can kind of maintain looseness that I sure. think like kind of going through ranges of motion that are like a normal life, I found like really help accelerate the, and it, it definitely helps you feel looser than you probably should be. But I feel like yeah. I recover way faster doing that. But besides that, I don't really do anything too special. Do you feel like you're 90 the day after though? How long does it take you to recoup after something? something uh, like that? You definitely feel like you've like lost a gear. Like you just okay. like uh, what, what happened the other day. So I, that I ran that Saturday and then um, I was by this time I wasn't doing a whole lot of weight training. Cause everything I was like, you know, I don't want to be doing squats and going through a, you know, some brutal squat sure. workout and then not being able to, you know, get log those miles the next day. So I wasn't doing a ton, a ton of gym time. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go out and just do a bench day because that's yep. all upper body and not to worry too much about my legs there. And I could tell like 
just, I had like 135 pounds on the bar and it was going up, but I was like, man, I just don't have that extra gear. Like to the force was just, it just yeah. wasn't there. I just felt like the tank was depleted. So I felt relatively normal until I started doing things like that, that required some effort. And you can tell like, man, I have a, a tap that was just drained. So yep. by, by now, uh, I just trained a little bit yesterday and I felt totally fine, but I'd say like a, probably a good week. you you start to sort of feel normal again. So do you have one upcoming or did you just finish one or so that, so that was, uh, was that it's either last week or week before last week, oh, uh, wow. July okay. 29th. So, uh, whatever that was, uh, I think that might've been last week. Um, but yeah, just, just had that then. And I don't know if I'm going to do another one that long this year, but probably I'm going to, I mean, I'm going after that one again next year. So I'm going to, I'm going for it. Good for <laughs> can't you. Let, I can't let that one go. And you mentioned, congratulations. You had, you had a baby. Would you have a yep. boy or girl? You didn't mention. Uh, boy. Congratulate. First one. First one. Yep. Congratulations. So how's, how's that changed your life upside down or have you been that's okay? Been, uh, that's been a journey as well. Uh, yep. it's, uh, you know, you, I think you adapt. Um, in the beginning, it was certainly like, wow, um, you know, I knew it was going to be hard going in. My wife knew it was going to be hard going in. And you just have like, uh, again, like an overload of stimulation of, uh, wow, how I think it's the sleep deprivation. I mean, that destroys you for sure. Of course. Like, Coffee on tap 24 yeah. seven. When I had kids, I think, uh, especially in the beginning, I think that's really what does it is you, you kind of have to like, all right, how, what, what routine do I have to get in here to kind of re-normalize myself almost in the beginning? I'm not sure you really can too much, uh, yeah. right when you start, but, uh, I think it's the sleep deprivation that makes you feel so, so drain. It's like a different type of drain. You just feel like <laughs> there's almost no hope at some point. Like, am I ever going to pull myself out of this? Yeah. Like I, I always tell new fathers, right or wrong, that obviously the mother or the wife always gets the brunt of it. I mean, brunt, like not in a negative, but let's face it, it's it's, it's mommy. Mm -hmm. So as I say, if you can, take the child out, go to the mall, let your wife sleep for two hours, send her out for Manny Petty, massage, like make sure that she gets her own like quality personal time, oh, you yeah. know, like away from everything. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. So- you, so obviously you're an athlete. I would say I call you an athlete because I think anybody that does what you do, I consider you an athlete. I'm going to put you on the pedestal a little bit here. All right. Um, let's move into the into the company here. Soul Performance Nutrition. When yeah. when did you guys open shop? So that was about let's see, 2020 is when the company I think officially started, and I think 2021 okay. it was when the first product actually launched. So um, we'll get into like what why I kind of started and uh, kind of what led me to some of the decisions I made, you know, back into high school. So this is kind of pre me running track. Yeah. Uh, my father passed away my first week of freshman year of high school. So, oh, wow. Okay. You know, at the time I didn't really know to, how to compute that or even know what to do with that. But like, you know, that kind of weighed on me for a long time. I'm a youngest of my, my uh, brother and sister by a decent margin. So my parents are a little older. So I kind of grew up with, you know, family members passing away a decent amount. But when it was my right. own father, it was, you know, that it was just different. That was very personal. Yeah. And that's somebody close, obviously, that you spend your life with. So that was like, you know, definitely weighed on me. So a couple of years go by and I'm, I'm kind of thinking about my mom has always been very healthy and, and you know, health has been up the forefront. There's always been vitamins and things like that around the house. Now we're into like college. And then my brother who also seemingly healthy, normal guy, he has leukemia. So he gets diagnosed oh, with leukemia 
And then I'm starting into college. I'm, uh, I think I'm sitting around and I'm not, uh, unhealthy by any means, but like, I don't know if I'm making the best as a freshman in high school or college, I don't know if I'm making the best choices. I'm eating a bunch of junk and this and that. And I start getting kidney stones and I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? So that, I think that's like, that was when it hit like, okay, what is happening? And like these, you know, my brother is really young. My father, he was only in his early fifties and I'm, you know, I'm a freshman in uh, college. I'm like, something, something's not right here. So, you know, what's going on? So that's where I turned to like looking at all kinds of different sources of how do I need to change up my diet? What are these things I need to think about? And I kind of literally like 180 my entire life. So I started eating different. Um, I think the paleo diet was like super popular at the time. So I went real deep into that, learned about keto, learned about all this stuff. But like I felt significantly better, significantly different. So, it's very admirable. It's very admirable. Sorry to cut you off. It's very admirable because at 18, 19 years old, let's face it, we're all invincible. That's the last thing we're thinking about. I want to go out have pizza, go have a six pack, you know, whatever. But it's very admirable that you're looking internally, like automatically analyzing what's going on in your world. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking to myself, like, like I guess you're searching for solutions almost because it's like, yeah. okay, these things are happening and they're like traumatic. And this is almost like a first sign of, or I don't know if it's like a little mini sign or a little something that hit me, but it was like, you got to do something because you're next is almost like what I was thinking. Sure. Um, so uh, fast forward, that's kind of like my thing in my head now. So I'm eating super clean. I'm doing, uh, still exercising all this stuff. And I kind of get to, um, going through, I guess, rest of college and things like that. And I've taken all kinds of supplements like greens and things, but I was buying greens way back in, uh, cause I know they're real popular now, but, uh, green vibrance was a product that I think they still oh, yeah. make today. Okay. Um, I bought that probably still back in like 2011. So I've been buying that for years, yeah. um, until I came out with kind of my, my own version that I like, but, um, then, you know, pre-workouts and all that stuff I, I was taking. Then I, uh, kind of get into, I graduate, I get a job and, um, I always was interested in supplements. Like I mentioned, I I was buying them, always had vitamins and things like that. But my thought was always like, when you walk into GNC and you see like a BSN bottle on the wall, BSN is not a good example because they actually own their own stuff, but let's say some people uh, are going to say what's BSN, but anyway, yeah, they were huge at the time. Ronnie Coleman, BSN, uh, Jay was muscle tech. I mean, that was, those were the two brands. I mean, that's what, that's what everybody loved. But, uh, let's give another example. Like, uh, Cellucor. So, um, well, I think Nutribolt's pretty big. Uh, who else would be, I'm trying to think of somebody smaller. Uh, well, we'll just say me, for example. So you okay. see, if you see my, my my product on the shelf at GNC, which I'm not there, but if you see my product on the shelf, I, I thought to me, oh, these guys have a facility. They have all this mixing equipment and they're making that. Yeah. So they, you know, if you wanted to make a supplement, you need $50 million. Like that's the only way you do it. Cause the, every single one of these guys that sell, sells a product in here, they all have all this giant mixing equipment and they all have all this stuff. Yep. So that was what was at like kind of the forefront of my head through forever. And then I don't really even know how I came across it, but I sort of realized like, Oh, that's not how this is done. Like there's probably a good 10, 15% of the brands that, okay, they're them or their parent companies are made by themselves or yep. they make some of these sub brands, but then there's all these contract manufacturers that 
they would make, hey, I'm going to bring my recipe to you. They'll source all the ingredients or you can source them. We'll blend it, bottle it and send it out to you. So I kind of learned that. Um, I've been, like I said, I'm, I'm an engineer now, but at this time I was an engineer for probably about nine years. So I have all this quality background on what we do there, what we look for documentation wise and said, yep. you know, this is something I'm going to investigate. You know, what is this cost? What's it take? How do I make a supplement? So, so what type of engineer, Matt, chemical or, or manufacturing? Uh, me mechanical. So, mechanical. Okay. yeah. So I'm in the commercial vehicle industry. So semi trucks and things like that. Okay. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm going to go down the path of how do I make a, a product, uh, I guess, for myself. And uh, that's what I did. I just looked up a bunch of contract manufacturers, uh, but I had a list. I knew ahead of time. I was like, what, what are the, so like when we make something, it usually adheres to some kind of standard, like an sure. ISO procedure or this or that. So I'm like, what's the thing for dietary supplements? And that's the, um, one of them is CFR 111. That's a FDA requirement. So you hear a lot of people say like, you know, dietary supplements aren't regulated by the FDA. Well, they are actually heavily regulated by the FDA. They might not be enforced heavily, but the Bingo. regulation on supplements is actually very heavy. Yes. Um, so they're to, to the extent that they're almost more regulated than pharmaceuticals. Why I say that is pharmaceuticals, you have to have a established method to produce a product. Mm -hmm. So when you make a whatever, Advil, they have to have a method that says we made this. And as long as your method is established, they don't have to verify every single lot that they make. Yep, It's not true with the dietary supplement. Every single lot that you make, you have to verify the label claims on that. Um, so I kind of did all my background work on, okay, what is what does that all entail? Um, what's all the legality behind it? And then I started searching out manufacturers, but I had like a list of, you know, what's, what's compliant, what's legal. I kind of wanted to know all that stuff before I sure. started talking to them. And then I asked a pretty wide range of questions, you know, what, what's in your facility? Do you have, um, compliance to NSF? Do you have any FDA violations? Um, kind of a litany of things. And I would ask like even ingredients that I know they shouldn't have, do you have this? And if mm -hmm. they would say yes, immediately no. Um, Were so, some of them surprised though? Did you get flack on some of them? Like who's this guy asking this million and one questions? Oh yeah. Like some either like, were would not really answer my questions at all. I, it was yep. probably, they would see something on there and uh, part of what I was asking, they didn't like, but then other ones would kind of go through the whole list and tell me everything. So, yeah. um, that was good. So I had probably conversations with maybe six to eight different ones in the beginning. And then I kind of ended up with the, the manufacturer I ended up with in the end. Um, right. but I still was kind of, okay, you know, now I've got a manufacturer that I feel like I can trust, but like, again, I'm, I'm just a guy. I don't, I'm not a expert in making dietary supplements. So I'm sure. like, who can help me through this process that like, again, I can trust my, maybe I'm going to have to pay them, but who can help me through this process? And that's when I found, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Oliver, but he runs the uh, banned substances control group. And they're basically like a third party um, test facility. I think they're based out in California, but they'll go okay. into a facility. They're extraordinarily well-versed in um, Oliver's father, um, Don Catlin, was the, actually created like a lot of the, all the anti-doping stuff originally for like okay. Olympic athletes. So they basically took all that knowledge and applied it to dietary supplements. And they look at, uh, again, they'll go into a facility and ask, 
any question that I wouldn't know to ask, like yep. how are your products stored related to like the climate in the facility? What are they next to? What's the, you know, all these like little finite questions. How often well machines I, I, are clean, probably all that good stuff. Yeah. Stuff like that. So uh, they'll do that. They'll also test your product. So every single lot, basically what I'm signed up for is what they call the BSCG certified drug free. So okay. they test every single lot that my manufacturer produces. Um, they'll put a you know lot number on their website and say, you know, this one is free of 600 plus banned substances. Uh, right. It meets CFR 111. It meets all the test requirements. The label claims they can verify that the tests match what they should for a test. So they'll look at the test results and make sure that they right. make sense. If they're the ones not doing like a let's say my product has potassium or something in that. And I, I test that they'll look at the test and say, yep, that looks valid or they'll repeat it themselves out. And if I pay them to do it, okay. Um, what else do they do? They do quite a bit. So I leaned on them a lot in the beginning to say, you know, I don't know what I don't know. And, uh, sure. I feel comfortable now when I offer a product to the public, like, Hey, it's at least safe to the nth degree that I could possibly make it to. Because that was one of the things I learned in the beginning was, um, you know, if you get into a facility who's willing to bring in some of these banned substances or not even banned substances like drug products and things like that, that that's not it's not that I necessarily have something against those ingredients, but it doesn't meet. It's not it's not legal. It's not legal manufacturing process. So not that that there's a huge issue with that. It's more so if they're willing to break that law. And what put else? that product on the market. What else are they willing to do? Are they cutting corners on quality? Uh, oh, I'm sure they're you know the highest quality place because everybody says they're the highest quality place. But if they're willing to go against the FDA and if they come in, basically be willing to have their place shut down, I'm willing to big bet that they're willing to make some pretty big risks, and I'm not uh, yeah. willing to go take the fall for that. So the cost of having your products tested, is that baked into your manufacturer or do you pay like separately to this independent party? It's separate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll run a product. Um, you know, you, you pay, uh, based on the ingredients in there and obviously based on the lot size that you run. Sure. Um, then, uh, whatever label claims I want tested that that'll be, there'll be a cost for that heavy metal testing, um, mold microbial, which, a lot of people are like, hey, we're testing for mold microbials. Well, the law says everybody should be doing that. So it's not very special. Yeah. Um, but heavy metal, mold microbial, uh, label claims. And then so you pay for those tests internally. And then externally, that's a completely different fee, completely different uh, everything. It's like Has two anything, different... ever, anything ever come back? Kind of, I want to say suspect. Maybe that's right or wrong word. Uh, no, luckily nothing has not because awesome. I... Again, like, what do you do? Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that, you know, goes to show I kind of handicapped myself, especially in the beginning, because it took me, like I said, I started in 2020 and I didn't launch anything till about mid 2021. Um, just took forever to find a, what I thought was a quality manufacturer, set up all the stuff, do all the yeah. like inspections and this and that. So I feel like I've either lucked out doing that and, you know, do, did my due diligence. And I, I know, granted, I'm paying more for my raw materials than I would somewhere else. But I feel confident that, again, like you said, like, what if something comes back? Well, I've got, well, I don't know, 5,000 units of something sitting somewhere and it comes back with a spike on some kind of uh, S6 
uh, yeah. stimulant in there. What am I going to do with that? Especially like, uh, you know, I, I have all my products identified as banned substance free on my website. Yep. Oh, well, how come all your sub products are banned substance free except this one? Oh, well that one, you know, um, yeah, it came back not good. Like, <laughs> so how do you explain that to somebody? So luckily, no, I've, I've never had that issue. You know, and again, as you said, you're paying a little bit more, but you have the peace of mind. Yeah. So, so you physically opened doors in 20, I'm going to say open doors, obviously 2021 in the middle of COVID. Yeah. So what was that like? I mean, were there sales? Were you happy or was it kind of like, um, so, you know, that's, and that's why I think I started was, um, maybe the other thing to say is I, you think, can you start your own company for a lot of people? That's like a huge risk. And for me, it, I guess it's, you know, it's still a big risk because you're investing a lot of money into it and you're working yep. with, you know, constant, huge amounts of inventory and customers and things like that. But, uh, when we did, when we were under work from home, you know, I'm working at home every single day. And I think that was one of the light bulbs that went off in my head was, you know, it's too difficult to, uh, have a job from home. How are you going to do anything? You, you know, you're not in an office, but then I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, so I'm working from home, doing the exact same job I was doing before. We're still having all of our meetings. We're still doing stuff with suppliers. The supply chain is still running, and yep. it's like nothing changed. So I was like, oh, uh, I guess you can run a business from home with not that much trouble at all. Yep. And uh, that's really what kicked it off. So I get. So what was the first product you came out with? So the first one I came out with, it's called Electrolyte Endurance Powder. Sure. Um, it's like an electrolyte product. Um Again, I talked about like, you know, doing a lot of endurance training and stuff like that. Yep. A lot of the products in the endurance space uh, have a lot of sugar in them, a lot of carbs in them, and they have, mm -hmm. you know, good electrolyte sources and things like that. I don't say that as a negative thing because when I just did my ultra, those, those are all the products I used. But like, say I'm going out for a five mile run. I might not want 40 grams of sugar just to go out for a five mile run. Like I don't, I don't necessarily need that. Yep. And I, I kind of looked at like, well, you know, there's a lot of uh, products in them or ingredients in the market, like let's say Pico2, Synactive, um, Elevate ATP, you know, laundry lists of ingredients that you can throw out there that you just don't see from, you know, the, we'll call it the sports nutrition space that has all these, um, you know, unique ingredients in it. You don't see any of that stuff in the endurance space. So I was like, well, can I mesh these together somehow? Yep. So it was meant to be kind of like a, a light on the stomach drink, something you could take and basically not feel weighed down. So sure. you don't have a bunch of carbs, a bunch of things like that. Something you can take and you kind of have the perception of energy because you get a little bit of cellular energy. But you don't have the carbs that go along with it. So that was kind of the first product. Did you already have a demographic in mind or is it like, I'm just going to kind of respectfully shotgun it and see what feeds in and then kind of filter it down? Um, You know, I truly make stuff for me even to to this day okay. so like when i come out with a product it's something like i be, i truly believe in it's for me i don't necessarily have like a i know you're supposed to have a demographic and an age and a, this avatar that you're building this product for but i'm like you know what i really like this product uh i'm gonna make it and see if somebody else likes it and if they kind of drive with that cool if not then cool okay so that obviously does well and it opens up the doors for more products i assume yep yeah, so that does well. Um, I think I think that's I've kind of explained that or make that that story right there. 
like, hey, here's here's the products I believe in, here's the quality behind them, and here's the approach I take to stuff. I think that people like that uh, yep. aspect of the company and like, here's why I'm coming out with something, either you like it or you don't. Um, and yeah, it's opened the doors to other products. The second one was a, a greens product. So I was still taking a lot of different greens, but even green vibrance up until then. But there was one I wanted to add in, you know, a bunch of extra botanicals, again, some of these sports nutrition ingredients. So that was the second one that came out. Yeah. Um, the third one, now we're getting starting to get pretty close to my son being born or my wife being pregnant. So I'm like, okay, what, what's going to support me in like this stage of life is, and this is a sleep supplement. Of course. Um, and I was like, you know, uh, I'm probably gonna be taking this a lot, maybe even every single day. So I'm going to pull melatonin out of it. So it's a melatonin free sleep aid. It's, and why uh, is that? I want to cut, I want to cut you off Matt, Cause I did want to ask that because melatonin's in again, percentage, maybe 80% of the products. What was oh, your yeah. thoughts on not putting it in? So I wanted something that if I wanted to take every single day, and this is the the comment I get the most on this product. This is one, one of the top sellers, this and my joint product. It's not, even when you take it, you do, I don't know if you get the huge perception of I'm falling to sleep. The whole point of the product is it, it's not a sedative at all. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a weird sensation. You might feel a little relaxed before you go to sleep, but it's more once you are asleep, it's actually supporting sleep itself. Got so it. a lot of people will be like, you know, I woke up really refreshed, not like kind of in a fog or sort of like they're, they're trying to escape like the sleep aid. Yep. That was the sensation. Like I didn't want people to have, or really I didn't want myself to have. So that was the kind of the genesis or the thought process behind creating that. Cause I know with some people, it's funny cause I, I'm an advocate melatonin. I take a good sleep aid maybe two or three days a week. I try not to overuse it too much. And with some, I feel like the melatonin goes through me. And I've heard this with other people where it's like you get a two hour nap mm -hmm. and then you're back up again. And then I've seen other versions where it's kind of a time release and everything yeah. else. Um, but yes. Yeah, so, so do you ever, do you ever get, does it ever uh, go against you by not having melatonin? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's some people out there that like that melatonin cessation, that, that big hit. And I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. Like I'm not against melatonin at all. Yeah. I, act, I really like the ingredient and I think it's probably under misunderstood even. I mean, yep. it's a great antioxidant. It's great for brain health. There's like all these things that I think these, these certain ingredients get put into like gutters. Um, yeah. you know, fish oil, that's, that's for your heart. That's what it does. Um, citrulline, it gives you the pump and that's what it does. Melatonin, it puts you to sleep and that's what it does. These ingredients have wide ranging applications. And that's another yeah. thing I try to look at when I'm formulating stuff. What can I take from, Hey, this is usually associated with this, but actually use it in a way that benefits maybe a different category. Um, that's a lot of the thought process I try to go through. I'll tell you what I really like because you have Zelaria in it. And I know Zelaria mm -hmm. sometimes gets overlooked. That's such a great ingredient. Yeah, I really like Zelaria. Um, I tested that a lot out in the beginning. Um, we have, it's called Zelaria V2. They So they went through a reformulation actually at New Live. Um, there's Zelaria V1 was all Zelaria nigrapes extract. So all mushroom extract. Um, yep. It went to a V2 that has basically three different ingredients. I think it's Scuda. Xyleria and uh, what's the other one? It'd be chestnut rose or Panax ginseng, probably that uh, New Live's always doing that. I think that's the combo. Okay. Um, but it's it, anecdotally, it's almost like twice as strong as it was before. So the product originally had a gram in it. And when they went to V2 and I tested it out again, I said, you know what? It, it actually works even better, but I'm still going to leave it at a gram. So 
Um, yeah, it has a grandma xyleri. I really like that ingredient. So I think that that's another one that gives you kind of stress relief, brain kind of health, but also yeah. aids sleep. So I think it's kind of a good multifunction ingredient. And there's nothing in there that seems to be habit forming, at least what I'm looking at, which is good. No, I'm uh, I'm big on how do these products like again, you get uh, melatonin is associated with sleep. So this, this product here associated with sleep, but how does that affect the rest of your day? So like, yeah, let's get you relaxed, actually support sleep and then wake up to enjoy your day. Same with like, um, the electrolyte or something like that. Like you don't, you don't feel weighed down. You you're hydrated and you're onto your next thing. Like there's, I don't want any like negative, like a pre-workout that's got so much stimulant, so much like stuff in it that you're, you have a great workout, but your workout's over. And now like your almost brain is so fried. You don't want to do anything the rest of the day. I'm here to kind of support your, your lifestyle. I want to have a good day. I want to have fun. And that's kind of what my products are meant to do. Yep. And, and not, not to go through everything in your product line, but obviously the pre-workout definitely different from a lot of the heavy cut standard ones. Again, there's no citrulline. You get 250 megs of calf, just good overall. It seems like it's more like energy focus based and maybe less mm. on the pump. If I can, if I can kind of put that in that stereotype or. So that's where, again, I wanted to take people down like a different train, let's call it, yeah. put them on, put them on a different rail car. So if you look at the, uh, the electrolytes in the formula, I'm a big electrolyte guy, a big hydration guy. And I think sure. a lot of people enter the gym dehydrated. There's a uh, 900 milligrams yield of sodium, uh, 500 milligrams yield of potassium in there that yep. combined with like the nitrosagene. And there's uh, another ingredient in there called L-ornithine alpha ketoglutarate, which okay. through some processes in the body converts to arginine kind of similar to, to what citrulline does. People report that they get a hell of a pump out of it, even though there's no citrulline, no, none of that, like glycerol, the typical stuff that you would be part of the reason for that too, is you, it's a relatively large scoop size. But what I've noticed from a lot of people and even myself, when I would get like tons of citrulline, tons of glycerol to try to get that pump, my stomach would almost be like irritated either through the workout or I'm like running to the bathroom and like, that's yeah, not yeah. something I want part of my workout routine. So that was a lot of my stuff. I really focus on the gut. How does it impact your gut? Cause I think, you know, that'll mess up your day too, is having a, a poor experience with your, your stomach hurting, gas, bloating, things like that. And plus, like you said, a good amount of sodium where there's a lot of people that are anti-sodium, but they don't mm. understand if your sodium is not properly balanced or even a little bit higher, forcing the water into the muscles, the intracellular, that you're not going to get the pumps. So Yeah. I think especially when you get into people who start living an active lifestyle and probably for yourself as well. So, you know, let's say you're a, a, probably, especially a bodybuilder. All right. So now I went from eating McDonald's three days a week to, um, in TV dinners and things like that, but now I'm on a healthy kick. Well, yeah. my sodium was probably like 10 grams a day doing whatever my lifestyle was before, which like, that's why people have this negative association with uh, sodium. They're not actually putting salt on anything, but everything they're eating is crazy high in sodium. Yeah. So now like, okay, I got my steamed broccoli. I've got my tilapia. I've got my rice. Now I've got zero sodium and you're exactly. like, oh my God, I have a cramps in the gym. I have no energy. My mind is fatigued. And you're like, what is that? And the last thing you think of is salt, like Yes. But why is that? Why is that going to help me? Um, and y- you go through that healthy lifestyle change. And you don't realize those minerals missing, man, that will mess you up real quick. Yeah, I know. And everybody, every, that's it with the bodybuilders. They're so, so anti, 
mm-hmm. ingredients and, and marinades and, and everything, but I'm the opposite. Like I go ahead and use sea salt. I'll use some Goya just to get that sodium. And as I get closer oh, yeah. to the show, I'll take it out. But for now, I mean, let me feel good. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So when you're, when you're formulating products, I guess, who's your test audience? Is it you or do you have like a little group of friends to say, Hey guys, test this out for me. Walk me through like the R and D. Uh, a lot of it is me, so I'll get I'll either buy raw ingredients or and actually that's that's a lot of my process too. Is I like to see what I'm dealing with in the beginning. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, a lot of these ingredients are just they don't taste good. So you've got yep. something that's an extract of something. It, it tastes like so astringent and things like that. So if you know right up front, this is the approach I like to take, anyways. You know right up front all right, I've got this mixture. This is my pre-workout or whatever it might be. I'm, I'm consuming this. I'm looking for the product experience one, but two, all right. So this has a huge tone of something acid or, or whatever. So like what's lion's mane? Like lion's yeah. mane is my, it's like, like my, earthy my kryptonite or something. Yeah. yeah. So like, okay, I've got this huge earthy profile and I think ahead like, okay, I, and I do all natural flavors, no dyes, no artificial anything. So that's a challenge in itself, like flavoring, because it's not as intensive flavoring. Um, but like, what am I dealing, what do I know I'm going to be dealing with, like going ahead? Like, let's say I had this real earthy thing. Well, it's probably not going to taste like bubble gum when I'm finished. Like you can't have sure. bubble gum with this earthy aftertaste. So um, I'll, I'll purposely do that for myself. But when it comes to like the... Um, the aspects of how, how do I test something? Um, you know, I'll get the raw ingredients. I'll either work with uh, trademark ingredient direct uh, people directly or get them from my manufacturer or whatever. And internally, I'll make kind of all sorts of different variations of things. I might try ingredients at different levels because um, right. not always like more of something is better. I, I like to try to emphasize in a lot of cases. And I know a lot of people want to go higher and higher and higher on some of these ingredients, but some of them like kind of, you don't really know how they interact and like, what's a good balance of like certain things you might want, might want, might not want to max out every single ingredient when you get to a formula, that's either too strong or you start getting anxiety or some kind of, you know, effect like that. But that's what I'll do. And you know, I take a, a long time, like I've been advertising now for probably, eight eight nine months like hey you know electrolyte v2 is coming and now i'm to the point where i'm flavoring so the formula is dead set i'm i'm basically okay. not changing it uh but the flavor is a challenge uh and i kind of knew that going in it's i'm going to struggle with it there's some of these kind of uh weird sour notes to it that i'm trying to overcome right now but okay. uh like that's an example of what i'm going through at this instant as i'm uh reformulating the electrolyte formula right now and it's just that that uh, the flavor process. So that'll take uh, me either developing a product or kind of revising one. I, I bet close to a year to do something. Is it is the sour that bad that you can't call it sour grape, sour gummy, sour whatever? Or it's like a that and people will be like, oh, just you know, go with the sour gummy. It's like a sour, but like in a hey, this is spoiled bad sour, not a oh okay, hey, this All is right. a sour candy sour. Yeah. <laughs> No, and and it's tough because I'll talk about the pre-workouts because I'm I'm old school. So for me, it's more of the efficacy of the product mm-hmm. and less on the flavor. Sure. Okay. But obviously with something like a greens formula, something like a BCAA, or maybe like like you're saying the electrolyte formula, it's very important. And it's kind of hard finding that paradigm of, you know, like, okay, I want to make a pre-workout with lion's mane. You can expect it to be bad, 
But with our flavor houses being so well knowledgeable and schooled, should we be able to find that right flavor? So mm-hmm. it's, you know, finding that balance. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what's, so what's the big picture for you, Matt? I mean, do you event, hopefully want to grow big and leave your day job and run this full time? Or is this still going to be kind of a, you know, side money, mad money type of thing or. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've been working towards. So I'm up to six products now. I've been slowly growing. I, I do pretty much no advertising. So everything is just through my Instagram or whatever. And people who catch yep. on and basically I do everything word of mouth. So uh, that's how I've kind of chose to grow. And it's, it, it's, it's worked well for me. And I think I attract the right people that way too. So, you know, the people I get who are my customers, they kind of get it like, Oh, yep. I know, I know what I'm, I know why I'm following this guy. I understand what he's putting in there. I under, I, I know what type of benefits he's offering me versus some of the other products out there. Um, but yeah, long-term, I, I think I'd like to do this full time. Um, it's something I, you know, I like tinkering with products and sure. um, coming out with, with new things and entering into uh, new categories. So um, I'm taking the, you know, the slow and steady um, approach and, uh, that's kind of what I'm sticking with. So as a business owner, obviously you mentioned you're coming out with V2 of the electrolytes. Mm-hmm. What makes you want to do a new version? Was it because you saw a new ingredient you thought would go well, or is it just, you know, keeping up with the Joneses coming out with a, a version two, three every year or. Um, it's not so much that I want to change it just because keeping up with the Joneses and things like that, but I'll learn. I'm like, if people follow me on Instagram or something, I'm constantly like learning stuff. And that's part of like what I like to do too, is like share what I learn to people. Yep. So like I talk about things I don't even sell. I had a post today about like Sheila G. Well, I don't have a product with Sheila G in it, but Hey, here's some stuff I find interesting about it. Uh, or I'll come across a study like yesterday. I found one on Kiefer. Like I'm real big on gut health and things you can sure. do. And Hey, here, you don't got to buy something for me. Here's this thing that you can go to your grocery store. They sell right in the uh, refrigerated section. Here's all the data behind it on how it might be able to help you. So those are some things I, I like to advocate, you know, healthy living and benefits you can get from that as well. But, um, you know, I'll come across something and it'll make me really go like, wow, that's that's interesting. I've never looked at it from that perspective before. How might I utilize that maybe later? So I got, you know, tabs of stuff on my computer where I've got this all this stuff like kind of shoved to the side and eventually maybe i find this like uh connector like oh this is how these things are connected and sure i can do something real interesting with this and that's when i'll start thinking about maybe it's time that i change the concept of what this product is to something else completely so when i'm coming out with the v2 it's probably like especially with this uh electrolyte product it's a totally different product it's okay there's nearly no ingredients that are shared besides like the minerals. It's extraordinarily different. So you're going to phase out the original or still keep that in queue? Uh, I'm going to phase it out slowly uh, and then phase this one in. So obviously anybody listening to this, if you really like V1 stock up now, because you don't know how long it's going to be around. Yeah. I I met a lot of people. It's funny. Like the second I said, you know, I'm changing this and like, no, 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 no. You can't change that. You can't change that. So I have to admit too, with you, like anybody that follows your Instagram, you know, obviously you talk about the products, but I love the fact you have these little blocks. I'll, I'll call them blocks, obviously little squares of an ingredient, like you said, whether you're using it or not, because it's a lot of education on there, mm-hmm. but it's not, I mean, it's scientific, but it's, it's good for the layman's person too, which I can appreciate. Yeah. I try to like make it like, what are some key points? And like, I don't even post like, oh, here's like 50,000 studies that you can read through, but here's some like things you can like 
statements sure. about it. Yeah, here's what this research is kind of generally associated with it. And I'll do it in kind of a, we'll call it like an artsy way. And then it, I, what I hope is someone goes, oh, well, I've never even heard of that before. I'm going to punch that thing into Google and, oh, but here's a, some product I found that, uh, like, yep. I, I'll give you an example. I had an email today from a customer because I have like a blog se- section on my website too. I had this uh, blog I wrote, wrote about paraxanthine. Uh, oh so yeah, that, I saw that. Yeah, caffeine metabolite. So I had somebody email this me this morning. Hey, what product do you have on your website, uh, or what product do you sell has paraxanthine in it? Because you're assuming if I wrote something about it, you, I, I'm selling you something. Yeah. Like, oh, I I I don't I don't have a product. I only use you know this type of caffeine in mine. But here's who does sell this product, and I listed out you know Muscle Tech. They currently have the thing, and I said, yep. hey, you know, if you're interested in it, here's where you can find it. Yeah, and there's, so I was just going to say that because Muscle Tech has the exclusive. I don't know how long the patent's for, mm-hmm. but then there's also an energy drink that's oh, right, outside right. that uses it too. And I forget what it is, but I think it's a really interesting product. I had I had Sean Connolly, I think his name was, on the show last year discussing about Parazanthine. It's a really mm-hmm. interesting product. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, caffeine in itself is a nootropic, but I almost like to call it like the nootropic caffeine. It's just like more cleaner. sensory. It, yeah, it's a weird. I don't even know how to describe it. It's it, clean's a good way to say it, but like when you say that to somebody, you're like, "What does clean mean?" But I feel like if you take the product for the first time, you're like, "Oh, okay, I get I get what you're saying." Have you personally tried paraxanthine? Yep. Yeah. The okay. um through the Muscle Tech product, so I know Dan yep. Grasso over at Muscle Tech. So you know we've okay. talked a bunch, and I've I've used his um uh, uh what is it Euphoric? Yeah, Euphoric's their pre workout. Is euphoric and then have a burn. I, I don't know if it's burn eco or burn IQ. I think it's burn IQ, which is the yep. fat burner that has it in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are fun products, though. So, but Matt, we we actually have you don't see it, but I have comments here. So, there's a gentleman, John King, who follows me and he probably follows you as well. He's saying sleep aid is awesome, really well done, and only one I will use. But then he also says pumps are nutty for me with aura. So, I just want to oh, share nice. that with you. Nice, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that that's, that goes back to like, uh, I get those, you know, it's good to hear that too, because like I said, I'll make a lot of this stuff for myself. And mm-hmm. do you, cause I know I've, I've said this to a couple people before too, and you're probably the same way with certain things where you'll read something and you know, the science behind it and you'll take it and maybe even take a combination of the stuff and you'll go, yeah, 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 that's working. But then sometimes you're like, did I just like placebo myself or is that actually yes. working? But it's good to hear from customers that are like, man, I love this. I, you know, I used to take X and now I'm taking, you know, your stuff. And it, yep. it's cool as a business owner, you've created something, people associate with it. You know, I like that a lot. And that's, that's what we need more of, not to get too far on a tangent, but in today's society, people are more, more prone to shout the negatives mm. versus just giving you a high five on whatever it is, whether it's a restaurant, good service, good oh, yeah. product, whatever it is. Yeah, I started even on like, what I do on, I don't go over on different people's pages and do negative comments and this and that. I just stay in my own zone. And uh, yeah. if I see something cool, oh man, that was a cool, you know, way to use that product. Or yeah, I'm not about the every like you said. There's too much negativity. I'm not about that at all. That's it. So Matt, you've got the the electrolytes version two. Anything else that's in R and D or anything people can look forward to? I do. I I have a we'll call it a gut health type product that I've been working on for quite a while. It's capsule based. Um, nice. That's probably the best way to explain it. That's uh, probably going to be either launching with it or even maybe a little bit before it, depending on how long it takes me to figure the flavoring out. But uh, those are the two main things I'm working on right now. 
I kind of, as I reorder and, you know, months go by, I, I do check in because like I said, I have tabs of stuff of, you know, I'll look at the greens and kind of peer at that and go, is that, am I satisfied with where that's at? Have I learned something? Do I want to swap out something? And that, I go through that probably once every couple of months on, I kind of revisit everything and say, you know, do I want to keep that? Do I change something? So I'm, I'm not opposed to, uh, you know, down the road doing, doing a change. Well, it's the engineer in you. It's like, it's not broken, but how can I make it better? Yeah. I will say that's the downside with um, uh, doing some kind of product certification like BSEG. Now yep. they do product testing on the entire product. They, they match every single product, but one of, or um, every single batch of every product. But one of the things they also do is they verify your entire supply chain. So they'll oh, look wow. at every single ingredient in the formula. This is who makes that ingredient. This is where it's from. These are all their COAs. This is this ingredient. This is where they're from. These are all their COAs. So they know your entire product makeup, where everything's from. So if you start changing things out, that's not a formula. That's not the same formula anymore. You're repaying to recertify an entire new product. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, that's quite costly to establish that first product setup. But again, like if it's, if I see value in it, I, I, I think it's worth it. I, I'll go ahead and do it. Got it. So Matt, it's, it's truly been an honor and a pleasure tonight. I mean, where can people learn about you, the products website, you know, tell, give everybody all the different avenues. Yeah, pretty much everything is uh soul performance nutrition. So that's on Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, the website again, soul performance nutrition. I have a, an Instagram account, but I'd never post any, anything on there. So there's no point in following that one, but pretty much everything is, is soul performance nutrition. Um, see, so yeah, YouTube, Instagram website. Uh, yeah, those are all the places. It's funny. Cause I, I cause at first I typed in soul performance, forgot to add the nutrition and mm. I got brought to like a high performance auto parts company. And I'm like, this yeah. isn't it. <laughs> that's pretty funny. So, but Matt, again, it's truly been a pleasure. You know, thank you so much. We look forward to your success, continued growth. And uh, for everybody listening, thank you so much. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. And uh, have yourself a great rest of the week. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on.